Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in me. Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Welcome to Live the Tape, the podcast of the name I just said. This is your host, Jimmy Jackson, Jason Peppercorn, Daddy's big red truck driver, owner, operator. Um, that's me right now. Here it is, Johnny, unaffected, full non-filter. Welcome to Live to Tape. It's ex- oh, what's that? No, that's too loud. Sorry. Uh, welcome to the show. This is the beginning of the of everything right now. Just want to let you know, give you a few reminders. Uh, that I don't talk this way. If you hear someone talking this way, that means they're probably a journalist on the radio. This is how they talk. Reminder that I will be on tour, a limited tour, this July in America. I'm starting off in Chicago at the hideout on the 15th. I'll be at the Comedy Underground in Milwaukee on the 16th. I'll be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin on the 17th. Then in at the Parkway Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota on the 19th this is july this is the month of july i'll be in iowa at an iowa uh des moines iowa i almost said iowa city well that would have been a big mess i'll be in des moines not iowa city I'll be in des moines on the 20th of july at vaudeville muse then i'll be in new york city on the 22nd at union hall then i'll be in good good I'll be at Good Good in Philadelphia on the 23rd of July. Might be a few more shows after that. Uh, maybe a few more before, but that's currently the strata. That's the setup. All kinds of cool stuff going on there. If you don't go and you can, I don't even know what to say. I wouldn't even know what to say to you. If you don't try to go, got nothing for you. Otherwise, I just want to let you know this is... um exciting time to be alive please go to my youtube page it's uh, youtube.com slash just my nipples check that out and otherwise i just want to want to just introduce the podcast to you but i figured i should probably do it by um by you know calling somebody first don't you think that's the best idea probably How can I help you? Hey, Molly, it's Kevin. How's it going? Hi, Kevin. Good. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. I just wanted to see uh, if I could just take a gander uh, about some things that you might have available today or tomorrow. Go on. Tell me a little bit more. Well, I'm looking for a chair. It's a big chair. Uh, It's one of those chairs that if you look twice, you might think it's a love seat, but it's really a chair. You know what I'm talking about? I can't think who makes it. I was in there with my associate, Michael J, last week, uh, my associate partner, and he um, he's, a, he's a big guy, a really big guy, and um, 
you know, he's new at our place. We want to make him feel comfortable, so we're getting him yeah. a, a bigger chair. And it's a it's a big boy's chair, and I wondered if um, you could help me out with what that would have been called. I just can't. I'm not a very visual person. Um, do you remember where in the showroom you saw it? Oh, I mean, directions-wise, I'm even worse. <laughs> Is it Was it with a couch in a room setting? I think it was next to a couch, but that's the thing. I was sort of... He was saying it's a chair, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a that's a type of a love seat, like a very small. What was your name again? I'm so sorry. Okay, it's right upstairs. Oh, what? A, um, it it might have been the Morrison chair. Mm. That's definitely a little bit larger. We have it in a room setting next to a couch. Do you guys have a upstairs um, there? Yeah, we have we all, well we have a basement or we have a down we have a lower level so I'm I'm down there right now so that level's upstairs. Oh, me. I was gonna but, say I've been you, there. I was like I don't remember there being an upstairs. <laughs> it's where you enter. It's this. It's the ground floor. Did you say your name was Molly? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I just misread. Sure. That's so crazy. I'm. That's crazy because I because <laughs> I was used to always think there was like a hidden stairway in places like that and i thought maybe i was being confirmed on that but obviously it's not thank god <laughs> wow no it's um on our main level and it's um kind of in the middle of the showroom morrison is is the one i can think of right now that's probably our biggest chair that's a men's chair um i don't think we really you know, um, it's anyone's. It's anyone's chair. Okay, I guess Michael was saying something that it's, it's a men's chair, which that doesn't make any sense to me. Have you, have you ever had? Yeah. You ever had pocky? Yes. You know the pocky. It's that uh, Asian sticks stick that's dipped in a um, a sweet. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I I love it. I just recently discovered they have a men's pocky, which is, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Where why would you make a candy this? But I guess. I think I don't know. Maybe it's business colors or something. But no, I have no idea. Very you're, weird. You've had Pocky though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the Morrison is what we're talking about here, huh? I think so. I'm not sure. It might be a good idea to come back in the showroom so we can get a little bit more specific because this place is huge. Could have been anything. Yeah, I mean, I trust you though. What is there like a maybe a runner-up to that? You could just provide me the name with that you think it is. Oh, this, that's kind of hard, Kevin. I can think of where there's love seats in the showroom, and I can think of where there's chairs in the showroom. Maybe taking a trip on our website would be helpful. Taking a trip on the website, that's a great idea. Can you tell me what is, what is the true definition between a love seat and a chair? Oh, man, you're really putting me up to it. Um, the true definition, I think one is probably 50 inches or wider, and that would be okay. a love seat, and 50 inches and less would probably be considered a chair. But just based on the description you gave me earlier, I think Morrison fits the example of walking past something and thinking that it might be a love seat. Okay. Because of the configuration that's in the room and the size of that chair. So it's purely a size thing. It's not some sort of arbitrary, esoteric definition. I wouldn't think so. I mm. think when we develop our collections between love seats and chairs, which a lot of them have both, it's purely a width. Got it. I remember there's an episode about Matt, I'm mad about you about this, and I would always think about it. So, <laughs> yeah, because he was pissed off, pardon my French, about the, the fact they had a love seat and not a couch, even though, I mean, it's very clear what the difference between a love seat and a couch is, right? Yeah, I think it's just a cushion usually. Yeah, it's extra space. It's three versus two, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
Okay, I guess we just have to swing back by. Yeah, it sounds like it's the Morrison chair. And as far as availability goes, we if it's a stocked item, so that means it's a fabric and a frame that our manufacturers have on hand, mm -hmm. it's in our Otsego warehouse and available for delivery in about a week. Great. So we would that just would pick be it the up. soonest we'd be able to. We would just yeah, pick that it. would be the soonest. Okay, if we picked it up with Daddy's Big Red Truck, it would be no problem, huh? You would pick it up at our warehouse in Golden Valley. Again, it would be about a week. Okay, got it. Uh, uh, is there a way to time that with the executive buffet? With the executive buffet? Yeah, evidently. Unfortunately not. Okay. That, is that not happening this month? I have no idea. Okay, well, I guess it's not then. That's it. That's the quick answer. Yeah, in the past, yeah. there's been an executive buffet, an executive springtime buffet, and, um, you know, it's just a fun thing to do to meet people. Okay. Well, at uh, our location. In yeah. Interesting. I've never heard of it. It's very early. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to, um, I'm going to, you know, go take care of business number two. No, I didn't mean okay, that. No, perfect. I, I meant the next thing on my list. Sorry. I did not mean, woof. It's all good. <laughs> oh, sorry, Molly. Thank That's you so okay. much. Thanks for calling, Kevin. You're welcome. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. Take care. And just let us know if, if anything changes, okay? Well, I'll call and let you know. If I'll, I'll ask you. Thanks much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for helping out. Appreciate it. It's a great time. Thanks. It's really good. Abdullah Saeed. Thank you so much, Johnny Pemberton. It's I so do like good to saying be here. your name, man. I feel like you have this name. It's like it's so cool to say Saeed. It feels like a it's a word. It's a word that I obviously not obviously, but I I did not. It's a, it's a sequence of letters. I did not get to pronounce as a young man. I bet there's not a lot of Abdullah Saeeds no. in Minneapolis. No. Well, not even in Rochester, Minnesota, where I grew up. There were not. Right, right. They actually probably were. I knew a guy whose name was Abe, but I'm thinking back on it. His name was definitely Abdullah. It was not Abe. Yeah, or it could have been like Abdul Rahim or like true, Abdul. So basically, yeah. Abdullah, it's like it has Allah in it. And Abd means like uh, obedient to or slave of. Oh, so, so you're God slave. God slave is my <laughs> name and my black metal band. And uh, it basically, like, you know how uh, uh, Allah has 99 names? I guess so. so. I don't don't know them all. But. Yeah. So you got Rahim. You got... Do you know, uh, do you know all the names? Uh, Ortiz. You've Ortiz got uh, Wilbur. You've got... No, nah, I'm making up some of them because I actually wow. don't know <laughs> the 99 names of God. But yeah, it's like Abdul whatever. <laughs> and there's a million variations on the name. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or there's a hundred variations on the name. Yeah, something about Saeed, though. It's like a weird... 
Because you get to have the two vowels together, which is very rare. Yeah, Saeed. You know, I've always... It, I, I like my name. I, like, grew up getting made fun of for it, and I felt like, this is my fucking name, you know? Yeah, and, like, you really double felt down. like I owned it. Yeah, exactly. I doubled down on it, and I'm really proud of it, and I'm always like, I'm not going to, you know, change my name or anglicize it. I, I right. pronounce it, you know, Abdullah Saeed, which is, like, how it's, like, you know, actually pronounced and shit. Although it doesn't bother me how anyone pronounces yeah. it. But essentially... Um, you know, because like I, the one thing I would change about it right. is that I would make my last name one syllable. So then it would be like Abdullah Bang. You know? Oh, who is it? It's not important right now. No? Call him back. Ooh, a, a, a secret call. Well, it is important, but it's I'll just call back because we're okay. doing the podcast. I, should I just stop right now? But I'm yeah. sorry. I have to. I have to I'm sorry. I have to take this. It's my cardiologist. My cardiologist. <laughs> emergency. I never get direct calls from the doctor anymore. Yeah. They don't do that shit anymore. They don't have time. Not unless they are having a medical emergency. Yeah. And they and need, a, like, need a ride. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's your cardiologist. I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. Why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's the, You're the first guy. Do you have a cardiologist? I don't actually. You don't have any serious health issues, huh? No, I thank God. You know, I yeah. really don't have any serious health issues. My worst health issue is like acid reflux, and I, I oh, get yeah. I get migraines. That's but how about you? Any uh, health issues? I have like health issues. Yeah, I've talked about a bunch of podcasts, but nothing, nothing like I don't have anyone on speed dial or anything. There's nothing. There's no emergency shit going on. That's Basically. good. At least not right now. Things are kind of. I used to have bad acid reflux too. Yeah? Well, I'm having it, like, right now. Oh, I right, have it, like, really? all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used, to get, I used to get it, and then I went to my doctor and told him about it, and he was, like, he's, like, this uh, very—I'm trying to think how to describe him. He's an Jew, older Jewish guy, and he talks kind of like this. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, have you ha- are you having chocolate, mint, smoke cigarettes, um, sweet things, uh, high things and high fat? So he's like, are you living yeah. life? are you enjoying <laughs> the things you eat? Then you're going to have acid reflux, because yeah. mint, chocolate— Anything fatty. Mint? Mint is a big aggravator to your stomach, evidently. Get the fuck yeah. out. Peppermint? Is peppermint a peppermint, type of mint? Peppermint? Guess what? Peppermint is a type of mint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get thought it was a type of pepper this whole fucking time. This whole time. Dude, I have that all the time. At my girlfriend's house, I have peppermint tea. She has these peppermint tea bags. Yeah. You know how you get a- addicted to the types of tea bags or little oh, snacks totally. that someone else has at their house? Yes. Because you know? yeah, it's like a novelty. You go over there like, ooh, they've, they've got that. It's yeah. so special when actually it's not special. It's, it's not. from like Trader Joe's yeah. or some shit. But <laughs> exactly. It seems so good. Yeah. It's like, you know, it fits like the environment or whatever, yeah. but I had no idea. I've been giving myself acid reflux. It could be it. I can't drink. I had some mint tea yesterday, last night, for the first time in forever at someone else's place, and yeah. I was like, I the last time I had mint tea, I think it was in college when I had it with, like, mushroom tea. Oh, and boy. I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, you know what the thing is about mushroom tea is it actually gives you a really even trip. Because I yeah. feel like when you just eat the mushrooms, it's like you're, the, the up and down of your trip is like your stomach digesting and yeah. being like finding more pockets of psilocybin in the, in the chunks of mushrooms. Like your stomach's like, got a little more here. Like, uh-huh. there you go. Like, All of a sudden, are you feeling great? You're about to feel terrible. Yeah. Don't look at your dick for the next 15 minutes. It's going to get I'm weird. Not, I'm not sure if I ever looked at my dick when I was tripping. I've definitely sat on the toilet while tripping staring. at some point and just like staring down at my dick and it's it's very weird. You don't want to look at your dick or you don't want to consider your dick while you're tripping. I was always told uh, not to look in the mirror 
Well, almost oh, like it's yeah. like, like a Candyland thing. You can't look or Candyman, Candyman, not Candyman. Candy Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen if I looked in the mirror when I was tripping. I was going to see my soul. It was going to be like, hey, it's me. And I didn't say that. And it would also <laughs> be like this huge disconnect, this big problem. And it would be, yeah. I would just be fucked. The, the worst thing to do is, oh, you know, you know what? When you look at yourself in, your, in right. the mirror, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to start turning into members of your family. You're going to yeah, look at I your face. Yeah, I that be bad. It's going to morph. And you're going to be like, uh, can you hit the thing? Oh. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I've become my father. Oh, oh my God, I'm my own dad. I am my dad and my dad is me. I am my dad, and my dad is me. What's the best tripping music you can think of right now off the top of your head? Ooh, ah, mm. Oh, shit, I have to unplug this and plug it back in. Here, hold on. Bogdan Ritsinski. Ooh, Bogdan. We talked about Bogdan. I haven't thought about Bogdan in a long time. Samurai Math Beats. Bogdan. What a great name, too. Dude, the fucking best. And also, you know what? I, why I love that name? Because it sounds so esoteric already. Right. You know, if someone's like, oh, yeah, well, do you listen to Bogdan Rosinski? And then when I said that to you and Doug, mm -hmm. you were like, fuck, yeah, we do. And I was like, I'm in good company. Yes. It's a, that it's, was nice. It's a litmus test. <laughs> it's funny when you, you drop something that you think is not going to be known and it's known. That just feels... <sighs> yeah, it feels good. What album is that? Oh, Samurai Math Beats, right? Yeah, that's... Ah, this is so old. It's so old. He has a 2018 release, by the way. Oh, this album is so fucking good. God, I don't think I've listened to this... I don't know. Maybe since... Like, college days. Uh, yeah. And so, this track has this, like talking on it that's so 90s electronica you know what i mean i love it already it's very like of its time damn this oh. reminds me so much of square pusher yeah right it's it definitely like it was reflex i guess so it's like definitely the same oh, yeah. world did you hear some story was it reflex or was it a uh, ninja tune that Supposedly there's a story that Tom uh, York from Radiohead just ordered all the CDs. And this is huh. right before Kid A came out. Oh, it must have been Warp Records. Warp yeah. Records. It was Warp Records, yeah. Yeah. Who's who's Warp, Who's like the main Warp people? I always forget. Apex Twin. Apex is big. Boards of Canada. Boards Square of Canada. Pusher. Autiker. Uh, LFO. Jimmy Tenor. Uh very 90s you know this like really well because you used to write about electronic music yeah right? that's right that, that was, was the your... beginning of my uh writing career essentially uh -huh. well i started out doing like hip-hop and then in philly like nightlife stuff or whatever. okay for who and, uh that was for like philadelphia weekly and i worked for this short-lived magazine called foundation that like kind of got me my start mm -hmm. and then i my first job was at mtv in new york and i went there to cover like hip-hop and electronic music right 
which I, I grew up with that shit. My brother was very influential. You know, I feel like everyone has like an older brother that like gave you like Richard I DJ's wish I album. Had I had the opposite. I was having to be like, yeah, you know, use other people's older brothers. Yeah, yeah. But you were, are you the older brother? <laughs> I'm the older brother, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, I guess maybe I did. Yeah, I probably did that to my brother because he's a lot of stuff that he was into. He got into the same time I did, except he's four years younger. So right, the same yeah. age difference as me and my brother. Oh, really? is, is he cooler for it? Better probably, I think probably definitely. I mean, he, Jeff's. I know he's listening right now because he listens to the podcast. Oh, tight. What's Jeff, up, Jeff? Jeff got really into a lot of this stuff. I would call it acid techno, or like, um, sure, maybe like you know, like big beat. Yeah, yeah. Gotten a lot of that, which I don't love as much. Yeah, and, and are you are you talking more like two thousand stuff? Oh yeah, more? Totally. okay. Like, so like justice Slim, and like okay, gotcha. That sort of shit. Sure, yeah, yeah. That. Big beat. There's a group called Meat Beat Manifesto. Oh that hell used yeah, to do Dude, nothing records. I think we gotta right? play some Meat Beat Manifesto. Oh yeah. They had what was the album? Actual song. sounds and voices. That was the album I listened to the most. But I'm I'm open to any Meat Beat. Actual sounds and voices. That's 1998. Dude, oh, wow. I haven't thought about this in fucking forever. This was, yeah, my brother also picked up this CD in Chicago, I think, at one point at a, at a CD store. And we were like, what is this? Oh, yeah. This, this is, the is the beginning track. of the record. Yeah, first yeah, track. yeah. Because they had that album, Are You Okay, in 2002. That was kind of a big one. Meat Beat Manifesto. And I would consider like Serious Mo kind of big beat as well. Serious, Sir, oh, Serious Mo. That German guy. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of. It's yeah. more like, sometimes I feel like it's a bit more, um, like, uh, what's the word? Orchestral? Yeah. It's kind of has oh, like absolutely, and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some meat beat song that was really big. I used to rock it all the time. I think, was it a chem, did the Chemical Brothers, did they have one on that album? Um, Oh wow! I remember this. It, there, I think you're right. There's a remix or something, like yeah. a Meepy Manifesto remix of Chemical Brothers. Man, Chemical Brothers shit like that. I really loved it back in the day. That and uh, Ronnie Size. Ronnie so, Size. Know. Isn't that like that's like um, isn't Ronnie Size like drum and bass? Yeah, like yeah. jazz, like jazz drum and bass. And like that was he was sort of. Oh yeah, this is so Jesus good. Jesus Christ! This is such of an era. It sounds like Let Forever Be, too, like that Chemical yeah. song. And Prodigy. Like, yeah. don't sleep on Prodigy. They're the shit. Like, that, I love Prodigy. Keith Flint, rest, rest in peace, man. He just died, like, a month ago. He did, that's right. Didn't he commit suicide? I think he may have committed suicide. God. Dude, drugs and suicide are killing all the best creative people in the world. It's a combination of the two. It's always, yeah. right? It's always, like... I mean, who? Because Chris Cornell hung himself, but he was strung out pretty mm -hmm. hard on stuff. Yeah, and Prince died Prince. of an overdose. Yeah, um, that's an over. I feel like someone like Prince, who's probably, maybe, possibly an alien life form. You know? Yeah. Like he was, he's visiting, like, yeah. a, like a super intelligence. Like that guy who's one of the smartest people who probably live in the last hundred years. Oh yeah. So yeah. I seriously. feel like if someone like that overdoses, it can't be a, that much of an accident. Yeah, yeah, like he right. He has to know what he's playing with a bit. That's so true, man. It was it was so humanizing to hear yeah. that Prince died of a fentanyl overdose. But you're like, oh no, he was like otherworldly. Like you know, yeah. if it was gonna be anything, why can't it just be like, you know, he like disappeared into thin air, yeah. he disintegrated into like a thousand, you know, ants or he something. He turned into diamonds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he's it's still there, but he's just he's diamonds. And yeah, he can't right. Move. I would take that. And then Tom Petty also died of fentanyl, I think. He did? I think so. Jesus Christ, I forgot all this stuff. Yeah. Man. I think. I wonder if it's... Because also the part of me... There's, a, there's like the devil's advocate of me that wants to say, 
oh, those are older guys. And obviously fentanyl is a new drug that's being manufactured that they dip back into something they hadn't done in a long time. Yeah, or half a, the time it's yeah. like a doctor, like the MJ right. doctor. Right. There's like prescribing them. God. That's what happened to Prince though, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Because he wasn't he wasn't shooting up. He was taking, taking pills. I think so. Jesus Christ, man. It's not good. It's not good. Suicide and drugs, man. Maybe you, I don't know what you're supposed to do though, because those guys, I mean, those are people who are so elevated and everything that you wouldn't think that they would. What is? Where are they that they're? That that's what they're doing. It's so crazy to. Yeah. The prospect of it is even just daunting to think about it. You know the one that fucks me up a lot, Anthony what? Bourdain. Yeah. That was crazy. Because, he hung himself. Yeah, he hung himself. Yeah. And, and it, that guy seemed to have it really figured out. Like he yeah. was like, ah, life's a bitch and it's real fleeting and you know it's got its ups and downs. Yeah. But you got to make the most of it. And he was like an addict and then he became he very, like an icon. Like, he acknowledged all the stuff all the time. He's always very much like, uh, yeah, he. he he acknowledged the presence of that, like you're saying. It was yeah. very much... Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of conspiracies about it, I guess. Yeah. This is high potent, right? This is a, a brown, a brown paper bag. Brown paper bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you, did you ever listen to LTJ Bookham? Yeah, the inventor <laughs> of drum and bass, man. Is that true? Yeah, well, that's what they say. They say he's the guy to, like, play breakbeats at 45 or whatever and, like, make Oh, and slow, it slowed it down? Bass. Is that what it was? Or I think he played things that, that were supposed to be at 33 or 45 or something. He, like, made the first stuff. Is this LTJ Bookham this right here? Bookham. This is from, uh, this is Watercolors off his first record in 2000. This is, obviously he had a bunch of singles before this, but this yeah. is his... What was the big album, LTJ Bookham? I think it's called Journey Inwards. Yeah. That's one I remember, at least. Yeah, that sounds right. That, with that, that type of script, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. This is, uh, I know this fucking piano. See, I too. was not into drum and bass or, uh... The stuff at all. Yeah? I was into a little bit, what's the other stuff called? The drum and bass. I was into some of the heavy, heavy jungle shit. Like breakcore? Or like, like break da- core. dark core? Breakcore. There was like Panacea or like Source Direct. Or like, God, uh, I can't remember some of the stuff I liked. I had a bunch of cassettes from like Massive. And uh, there was some really heavy shit that was just like fucking... Like... Yeah. Everything was just descending real heavy. Dude, did you listen to a guy called Shit Matt ever? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit Matt. Dude, Shit Matt is awesome because he had a sense of humor. Yeah. He still has a sense of humor about stuff. Venetian snares is always like yeah. very like ooh, orchestral. That's like, all the you stuff know. that I like. The stuff that was like, sort of making fun of itself. Yeah. Shit Matt in that is like Dude. he did that. What was the big song that's like? Uh, hang on, I'm gonna look it up on my okay. phone because I. I I remember Shit, Matt. Jesus Christ, I've yeah. it forever. I very recently pulled up Shit Matt stuff mm-hmm. and listened to it and I was like, this is maybe some of my favorite music Shit, of all Matt. time. Like there's full English breakfast volumes, yeah. blah 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 oh, blah. Oh, one, Shoplifter Gabba. Uh, one Foot in the Rave is the, the album that I was super into. One Foot in the Rave, okay. That's two thousand nine. Oh wow, that that one's Is that it? Oh yeah, holy shit. I wonder if that's a re-release, because like I swear that that's like from earlier. And Full English Breakfast looks like it's from 04. That stuff looks like the classic crusty shit I'm used to because it's got the record label cover, black and white, because you know they didn't mm-hmm. have money to do anything other than black and white. Yeah, man. This guy's English though, huh? I guess so, yeah. And yeah, See, he samples like goofy stuff. This to me right now sounds like we're at an H&M. Oh, yeah. Like this is what this has become. Yeah. 
It's not even that. It sounds like an old H&M. Um, uh, is this LTJ Bogum yeah, still? Yeah. Did you listen to Cruder and Dorfmeister at all bit, back yeah. in the day? They did a drum and bass album called Conversions. There was a mix, I guess, called Conversions. Let's play that a little shit, like, Matt, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Shit. We're slipping and sliding down this. Oh, so uh, fast. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> hey, he, he got away with all kinds of crazy samples, too. Like... He would sample like the Beatles and shit. It was really? like, yeah, he had like crazy ass shit like in his track. There's a bunch of these guys that would get away with that shit. There's a guy, there's a, uh, what are they called? They're called something like, it's not Colostomy, what is it? Yeah. See, coming off of Square Pusher, like, you know, like this stuff is so satisfying. Yeah. I remember the name of the tape of the guy I had now. His name was Deacon. Oh, that sounds familiar. I wonder if that was Dan Deacon in the early days. And it was real fucking hard. Can you hit me with some FX? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Deacon shit. Yeah. This is not what it is, is it? I just want to find some of that heavy drum and bass. Should we call someone and ask him about it? Yeah, who knows about the heavy drum and bass? We could just call a restaurant and see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. Should we call uh, a restaurant and order something with the crazy voice? You got one? Oh, we can't do the voices to the phone. It doesn't work. Oh. It's not, it was, I mean, there is a way to do it, but I haven't. Um, it's a little beyond my uh, my ability as a tech as a as a sound technician. I feel like we should call Doug. Can we call, we call Doug? Doug? Makes it look at his number. If he'll answer, even let's see here. Let's see. Let's call him up here. I will call my friend Doug. He gets his number here. Hopefully, no one can deduce the number just from here. <laughs> Man, you do a really convincing, like, old-timey British guy. I do that all the time when I'm driving. I'm just always like, Oh, well, here we are, going across the street. I don't believe you're making a left here. How dare you? That's just, like some theater school grade yeah. British accent. You heard this? Someone sent this cool video to me. It's this guy who um, does, uh, it's like some, oh, wait a second. Doug's kilometer. This can't be right. What? Hello? Doug? You called? You called me? Oh, I did just call you. Ah. Oh. What's up, bro? Is that an accident? Yeah, it's, it's, Ab- it's Abdullah's here. Hey, what's up, Doug? Where you go? What? 
Abdullah. Saeed. Abdullah Saeed. <laughs> How you doing, Doug? I was about to try to call you on the uh, on the podcast on the actual handset phone. On the Magic Jack. But for some reason, I have it hooked up in a way. I have to reset this up here. One second. Let me... Let me, oh, let me... You me calling your contest right now? Yeah, you got it. Can I call you back on the other line? I mean, I actually have to leave to go do my podcast. <laughs> and four. That's uh, you got t- you got time to make a t- five minute call, right? Yeah, five minutes, Doug. Okay, hurry up, run. Peace. <laughs> nice, we're in. Oh shit, hold on a second. Okay, now we're back in. Okay, can't hear that. I'm so. St- I wonder if someone can be smart enough to, to actually get the number from the tones. I'm sure that's not that hard. Oh, wow. And then people will be calling Doug all day. Hello. Oh, hi, Doug. Hey, what's up, Doug? Oh, hey, guys. We, hey. we were talking about Bogdan Rasinski, so we thought it would be appropriate to loop you into the convo. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I could be- I can barely hear Abdullah, but I think he said bog down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that he can't. I'm holding the handset. So. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll translate for him. Uh, he says we were talking about Bogdan Rosinski. Have you heard of him? Yes. I used to, I used to have some of his stuff. He's on Reflex Records. Right. right. That's exactly, we, we, went, we went there. <laughs> I mentioned that. <laughs> Do you have any other recommendations as far as uh, this genre right now that we should play? Because we can, we can probably debut it right now, but... We're working on a podcast. Uh, you, Doug Lissenhop, me, John Pemberton, this man here, Abdullah Sayed, to do yes, a, a limited edition podcast revisiting the greatest hits of 90s, early 2000s electronic music. This is a good idea. It's going to happen. Just take, take a little yes, bit of development. Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. Um, well, there's Psylob. He was Ooh. one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Psylob. Is there a track from Psylob yeah. you should listen to? He did re- yes. Rewind. Rewind. Yeah, Rewind. that's the one. Psylob. I love that track. Okay. That's the one. Oh, yeah. That's a classic, classic, like, electronic music it's song. The first song. It could be the first song with a rapping computer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think it might be. And it's the one that goes re-e-wind. And the crowd say, well, select... Uh, they say, the first song with a crap. So we're going to play that now. I have to t- undo the phone to do that, though. But uh, Yeah. Oh, no worries. Yeah. I should get a second input. We have this a second, one goes out just, to all the DJs. We have a second DJs. input we can use here. We have a second. Um, we can plug in an eighth inch to the computer as well. If we've got it, that would be cool. But if not, I mean... We're rolling. It's not like a... No yeah. else is great. C-Fax Acid. Oh, yeah. That, C-Fax so, Acid So that's great. Square Pusher's brother, oh, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Does he play guitar yeah, instead Square of... Square Pusher's brother. <laughs> yeah. But pound for pound, he might be better than Square Pusher. Oh, no. shots fired. Bang, 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 bang. Pound for... What is pound for pound? Does he put out like three songs? Hey, Doug, are you trying to make pound for pound like your catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> you should make it pound by pound. You should just I used say. To do, I used to do something on Tim and Eric's live show, Tim and Eric Night Live, called Pound Pound for Pound, where I was a joke battle. Oh, so, yeah, this, is, this is not an unfamiliar territory. We're gonna play this now, and I guess we'll we'll be in touch again. Obviously. Okay. Thanks, Doug. See you on the internet. See you on the internet. Okay. I love you, Doug. Bye bye. I know. I gotta pick it up. <laughs> 
Sorry. All right, later. Later. <laughs> okay. Wow, he gave us some great he recommendations. Did. Let's check out this rewind right now. Yeah, Psylop. We're getting a second input hooked up. This is awesome. Classic. I do not remember this at all. That's the second one? Awesome, I'll plug it in the phone. Right. Oh, man. Can you give us robot voices to talk over this? Yeah. Sweet. Thirteen years. Yeah, that's crazy. First thirteen years of my life. Is there, is there the significant Muslim population in Thailand? There is in the south of Thailand. There's Thai Muslims. Yeah, Are yeah. You in the south or north? Or? I was in a, like a at a university that my dad was teaching at. So that north or south? Uh, that was near Bangkok, just north of Bangkok, so kind of in the middle. Okay, I don't, I don't know about Thailand. Thailand is shaped like an elephant head, kind of. Oh, really? That's why they love elephants. Yeah, it's. Oh. A coincidence. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling this restaurant in Modesto, but they're not answering. <clears throat> oh, they're closed now. Yeah. Should we call it Applebee's? Yeah, let's call Applebee's. Um, I was going to ask you, because did, when you were growing up, did you hear the call to prayer much at all? Is that Not really. That So when I went to Pakistan in the summertime, you would hear the... 
the muezzin. Something about that, I just, I love that. <laughs> it's kind of a dope song. It I is. mean, it, it is like, I remember hearing that and being like, this is tight. Thank you for calling. But that's the we feature car site to go. This is Angel. How may I help you? Oh, what was that thing you said before that? Modesto? Right, but you said something about like a, something to go or something. Oh yeah, we feature car side to go. Yeah. You feature cars to go. Car side to go. Let's car. Take out. Okay, I'm so new to this stuff. I'm yeah, sorry. No um, yeah, with, take out and like pick up, pick up order. I'm with my buddy Michael J here. Hey, it's hey, it's Michael. Yeah, Michael, it's Michael J. It's Kevin here. We're just trying to figure out what we want to um, uh, get to pick up to take out to go. But we just, oh, we've got some allergies between us. No cheese. Yeah. Well, can you recommend a good hot item that's no cheese? We have um, like the blue ribbon brownie, which oh. does, oh, mm. I'm sorry, the bourbon street chicken and shrimp. So it's our grilled no. chicken. No seafood. With, um, oh, it's, it's chicken. It's chicken, Michael. It's chicken. She said shrimp. Oh, yeah. I thought you said bourbon street. Yes, it's the bourbon street chicken and shrimp. Oh, Ooh. chicken and shrimp. Can you do no shrimp with that and just a chicken and a bourbon shrimp? No sure, bourbon. We do have a um, grilled chicken plate, and you get to pick two sides with Ooh, that. Just, and you can do like broccoli, mixed vegetables, no, mashed potatoes. Sh- no. There's, a, there's an issue with the bourbon. Is that the bourbon street, or is it implying there's bourbon in it? No, there's no bourbon in that one. It's just grilled cheese. Grilled okay, because you did used to have the jacket. Cheese? No, no cheese. He says no cheese again. But you do, There's no cheese. You did used to have the, uh, the Jack Daniels grillers. Is that right? Um, no. No. You never did a Jack Daniels sauce? This was maybe like 20 years ago. I just remember it being really good and sweet. Oh, we no longer do, yeah. The Jack Daniels we grillers. We don't have anything with the Jack Daniels, yeah. Okay, that's not a different restaurant, is it? Mm, possibly. You know, it could be TGI Fridays. That might be, that's TGI Fridays. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I get these we confused. Also, um, we also have our menu located online. It's okay. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't. No, yeah, no internet. Calling. Okay. Uh, well, can you? What did you have for lunch today? For lunch, we had. Um, so our lunch ended at three. No, I'm. Just, what, what did you personally had? I just because just oh, to take a. Take we have a, like salads. We have sandwiches. No, um, our uh, menu is pretty much all day. So whichever one you decide to prefer. I understand that. I'm just um, curious. If anything so if that has could... cheese on it, we can take cheese. Out. No cheese. Right. Do you have a personal recommendation? Like maybe what you personally had for lunch, just to take a page from the beat of the personal item. You know, I always take a page from the beat. We have, um, I personally, if I'm going to do lunch, um, a type of salad I would do, mm-hmm. the um, oriental chicken salad. Did you have that today? Yeah, yeah. Oriental? Had on our menu for quite some oriental. Time. One of our popular salads. Mm, what is that? It has um, grilled, I'm sorry, you can do grilled chicken or mm-hmm. you can do fried chicken, which is right. crispy chicken. Um, it also has... No orientals! And... Michael J is difficult. We have rice noodles and almonds, and it's like an oriental vinaigrette, but you can do a different dressing. Oh! Do okay, that sounds great, actually. It does sound good. But that's not available now, is it? It is. Okay. Um, got it. Uh, we're just going to have to take a, pe- a page. Yeah, we, we need a couple minutes. Can we take a beat and call you back? Yeah, yeah, no worries. If okay. you'd like to, if you'd like... Um, we have our um, our to-go parking spot, which uh-huh. is on the TJ Maxx side. So Ooh. if you'd like to come and park in, I can go out there. I can't get near TJ Maxx, though. Yeah. That's a problem. 
I'm sorry? If I get near TJ Maxx, I'm going to stay in TJ Maxx. Oh, no, Maxx. no, not at all. It's just our takeout parking is on that side of um, the parking lot. Right, but if and I see... And then I can bring out a menu to you, and you you are definitely more than welcome to take a look at it. So I could I could park, and you could order, and I could order, and yeah. then you could, I could wait in the car? Of course. Oh, could I, could I go, and how long will it take? Is it enough time to go to TJ Maxx? It typically takes, it depends on what you're ordering, but typically the order um, takes about 15 minutes. Okay, that's enough time to go to TJ Maxx. Yeah. Well, that's uh, max to the middle, medium medium price, so. Okay, well, I'm going to check back in with you here, and um, okay. yeah, I have to re-up our prescription, but we'll be okay. back in touch with you once we re-up our prescription. Out of fentanyl! Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we're a lot of pain over right. here, so we'll figure it out. All righty, sounds good. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll be in touch, very, and we'll figure good. it out. Great. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. All righty. We'll, we'll be in touch. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Thank I like how for like the last couple minutes we were trying to get off the phone with her. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> like, she's that's a hardliner right there. She's really fucking. Some people are just good at their job. Yeah, she's good. Like that she's, is that's one of the most professional people I've encountered, and I've been doing this for a while. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been bothering people at their job for almost a decade. It's so fun, and I haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> you know, and it's really. Uh, it's really satisfying. So the one that we did back in the day was that um, I, I called like a, a, this house and I was like, "Hi, uh, I'm calling with a survey about you know the Cheetos or whatever." It's like some bullshit. It was like, "How much rain are you getting in your area?" And and like they were like, "No, thank you," and they hung up. It's a right? local call. Uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. like somebody in the neighborhood probably. And then my friend called back a little bit ago and he's like, "Hi, I'm the manager at uh, this call center and." Uh, the the technician who was sitting here, he just got up like crying hysterically and oh ran into God, the bathroom. That's a good one. And uh, this was the last number that he called. So I just wanted to see like, did you say something to him that was like fucked up? What did they say? Um, they were like, no, like n- nothing. He called and I told him I didn't want to be surveyed. It's like, yeah, but like, were you harsh with him? Were you rude wow. about it? And they're like, no. Uh, Sounds like we should call the police. Like, what's what's going on? And he's like, no, no. Well, he's locked himself into the bathroom, the employee bathroom, and no one else can go. Did you get away with this more than once? We did it a couple times. We did it a couple of times. It was, it was... Did it ever have like a? Oh, it just doesn't work. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it worked both times that we did it. It was actually a really good gag because the first time you do it. People are used to, or at least back in the day, were used yeah. to getting uh, calls. For now, it would be a robot, probably. Yeah. But they're used to getting calls like, you know, at, like that. Like you'd be like, "Oh, I'm doing a survey for the local fire department or whatever," right? Because I used to actually do that. I used to work as a survey guy. Oh no shit! Yeah, I've I did also it for done years. That a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so oh, you did it on the phone? Phone. I worked in this phone bank in Florida. No shit. In college, it was a study uh, about seatbelt use. Oh. Did that for a while. That was an actual study. No but good. then after college, I had a job, for, I had a temp job for like maybe a few weeks in Minnesota where I worked for a company that did that. And they did surveys, but this was after that telemarketing law had passed. And I believe they um, they basically got around the telemarketing thing by saying it was a survey. It was a survey that was oh. written by a company. It was very clear that this survey was like, so, um, uh, are you familiar with the the Rob? It's a bank called Rob Bank. It's like a mm-hmm. it's a agricultural bank. Like, are you familiar with Rob Bank? 
Uh, yes, you are. Did you know that they are uh, like often considered a very wealthy corporation that has been involved in many legal troubles? Uh, yes or like, no? Are you down for the <laughs> low, low, low interest rates coming yeah. out from Rabobank this spring as detailed in the newsletter? It's stuff like that where it was very slanted. And all the people we, I worked with, none of them knew who it was because there were just – it was some people It was like – I don't know how to describe it. It was a certain type of person in Minnesota who's – a rural, rural person who is kind of dim. Sure. Like real dim. Like a, like a rube or something, mm-hmm. you would say. Just some real dimmers. Yeah. Some real straight dimmers who worked in there. Uh, oh man, that's Probably still working suck. in there. Probably. This yeah. one guy. This one guy. He would talk about always dinners with his wife all the goddamn time. The lady who worked there, who ran the call center, was this lady with gray hair and glasses. She'd always say, oh, well, my husband's got, we're doing a steak dinner tonight, so got to get out of here. Oh boy! They have steak dinner once a week. Steak it was dinner. A highlight steak dinner. of her life. Oh, she was a, she was terrible. That I did phone survey research for like it was like I, it, my friend got me this job when I needed some money and actually yeah. really helped out. I was in Philly like right out of college, and I, you know I I was able I went in for the orientation like in Maryland or whatever, and it was like a legit looking company. And then I I just got to do it from home through their software and whatever. And Ooh, it's nice. Like you have to, it was great. I would sit there and smoke weed and just Damn. do it. And, uh, like, I was calling farmers, like, all over the country, right? Yeah, that's what the same thing was. Well, it was a f- oh, calling, call, was calling farmers. Right, it was agricultural, man. Yeah. Oh, wow, we both did farmer stuff. So, you know who it turned out I was doing research for? Like, I would call them and be like, what kind of seed do you use? What kind of hybrid right? seed or whatever do you use to grow corn or Monsanto, soy or whatever? You work for Monsanto. I worked for fucking Monsanto, yeah. dude. They're a huge company. Yeah, they're huge. They're and they- massive. Well, they're not that massive. They just got bought by Bear. Oh, really? Bear Pharmaceuticals about six months ago purchased Monsanto. Holy crap. That's how big Bear Pharmaceutical is. It's massive. That's crazy. It's when crazy. you first said it, I thought you went like like a bear. Or like, oh, yeah. like some ba- sort of bear B-A-Y- company. A-R-E-R? Ba- Bayer. 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 Dude, holy shit. Yeah. Though, yeah, Bayer has been around. Literally, didn't they used to package I cocaine? I think maybe they did. They definitely have packaged some type of... Uh, a drug that's now definitely Schedule 1, and it was considered, oh, a cure for mom and need. Oh, yeah, Mom totally. needs energy. You know what's funny? The word cocaine, it's totally, or like morphine. Right. Those are like medicine names from like back in the day. Like, I didn't know cocaine was, really? Yeah, yeah, because it's derived from like, you know, coca leaf, right? Yeah, coca. And it, like, so it's like, that's the only word that they had was coca. And then oh. they like were like, what do we call this stuff when we package it and sell it in Times Square? Yeah, call it like, co- it's called cocaine. Cocaine, sir. Could you go for a bit of cocaine? It's a great new brand from Bear Pharmaceuticals. I'll have a small scotch egg and uh, and a brandy. Oh, a scotch egg. And a line of cocaine. Hey, line me up one there, sir. Line <laughs> me up cocaine, two scotch eggs, one for my good friend. Good man, sir. What's your name, sir? My name is... Rebel, rebel, feather, <laughs> feather, fennel bottom, uh, the seventh. Feather, fennel bottom, the hell. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts my voice. Yeah, it's so good though. You ever had a Scotch egg? I have had a Scotch egg. I find them a little disgusting. But why have you had a Scotch egg? Uh, there was like a British pub in Philly where I tried a Scotch egg. <laughs> but like, just you mentioning Scotch egg just now, like. I've heard someone say Scotch egg in my life like four times. And this is this is number this four. This is one of them. The other times were Alan Parts. 
Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge. You ever seen that show? I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I haven't like watched it, yeah. but I've seen like. But clips he talks from about it. having a Scotch egg, and that's why his breath is so bad. Oh God, it's that's like, so gross. <laughs> yeah, I had a Scotch egg. That's so disgusting because it's it's literally sausage wrapped around a hard boiled egg. Yeah, it's and disgusting. fried, right? And fried. But that's what you need when it's cold out and dark, and you got like a a pint of bitters. Yeah. God, British people eat disgusting shit. Is there a kind of because you're Pakistani, right? Yeah, your whole family's Pakistani. Yeah, yep. So is there's sort of a there's a component to British culture in Pakistan, right? Totally. So basically, <clears throat> uh, those those colonizing monsters right? uh, instilled us with <laughs> the drinking of tea, right? The love, the, the love of tea. Yeah, the education system, the accent. Uh-huh. Uh You know, like oh, there's a lot of cultural things that are British, like you know. Uh, my mom and dad definitely grew up uh, speaking British English. Right. So they're like, oh, Abdullah, are you coming home tonight for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> not quite. It was more like, like that, okay, I'm going to go sit on the loo. <laughs> more, more than that kind of thing. That's funny. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't yeah. That's so funny. It's such an interesting thing. Like, mm-hmm. It's so hard to realize that every culture... Every kind of person that looks any way sounds every kind of way you can sound. Yeah, it's so insane. The different accents or, like, the way languages are different, it really is, it's, like, it's kind of crazy. I feel like it has something to do with, like, you know, it's that thing where if you learn a language, Mm -hmm. you then start defining the way you see the world in that language. Like, if you grow up with 20 uh, words for the color blue, then you're going to see 20 different shades of blue. Right. But if you grow up with just the one word blue, you're only ever going to see the one shade of blue. Yeah. that's so true. I think that by learning language, we probably, like, limit ourselves in some way. But it manifests in such interesting ways. Yeah, because it's how you describe the world. Because like, I think in English, so if I'm yeah. thinking that way, it's like I remember the first time when I was a kid, like a little kid, I remember seeing someone, just someone who wasn't English or French, like, who I would think of as French, which is like a— a white lady with uh, long hair or something, you know. You saw like an Asian guy speaking uh, with a French accent. Oh like, yeah. Oh, what is that? Yeah, that shit blows your mind. That... Even though it's the most normal thing in the world. Oh yeah, totally. And actually, that's a thing. Like where I grew up, right? So I grew up on a university campus, like in Thailand, where it was very, very international. Like right. on my street, it was like us, uh, a Canadian slash Filipino family, a Belgian family, a German family, wow, that's crazy. a Nepali family, an Indian family. It's like, that's like our street, you know? And It's like Epcot. Yeah, it literally, <laughs> dude, seriously, it was weirdly like Epcot. Did you have like all kinds of different food? Like you'd have, go to someone's house and have this on a Monday and this on like a... Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, that'd and, be so cool. And at home, like everyone has a maid in Thailand. Most people have a maid mm-hmm. in Thailand. And it was like, we would have two nights a week Thai food, two nights a week Pakistani food, and wow. two nights a week American food. What would the American food be, like hamburgers and hot dogs yeah, and stuff? Yeah, it would be burgers. I remember my mom one time. So my mom used to go all the way. Now you can get American stuff there. But yeah. back in the day, she used to have to go to this one grocery store that was like two hours away to get like 
specific shit, you know, that we couldn't get peanut butter wow. or um, like milk. Weirdly, at the time, like milk, right? Like milk that you would give like yeah. your kid or make chocolate like, milk or something. That wasn't really readily available in, in Thailand. Mm. Eventually, they had like UHT milk. Well, my mom used Wait, to have to UHT? go. UHT? Uh, yeah, uh, ultra heat treatment milk. So milk that's like, it doesn't have to go in the fridge when so, you so sell it. So pasture, oh, it's not, it's beyond pasteurized. Yeah. Pasteurized is like warm. They warm it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UHT. I've never heard that before. UHT milk. Yeah, that's like a thing that's just it's common in like the tropics. Is that what that is? I guess so. Yeah, because I think can, so. It's wow. because it's more perishable. UHT milk. Yeah. So she used to go get us the UHT milk, the peanut butter, <laughs> and then I remember she got <laughs> one time she came back with old El Paso dinner taco dinner kit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it had the shells in it. It had the shells oh in it. Oh, my God. And we were like, we're having tacos. And we were like, what is this? Yeah. Amazing food. Yeah, it was like the best <laughs> thing we'd ever had. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a, How old were you, you think? Uh, this is probably when I was like nine, eight or nine. Wow, that must be like the greatest thing. That's like the yeah. perfect age where you're... That's like the thing. Yeah. It was like this window of four or five years where before you're interested in anything sexual. Yeah, yeah. After you are like not a baby anymore where you're just mm -hmm. cool food, man, cool oh, food. that's it. All you think about is food. And Nachos. Dude, it's so <laughs> true because I left Thailand when I was 13, right? Mm -hmm. And in the year or two that followed, I did everything for the first time. I like, you know, actually like kissed a girl for yeah. the first time. And then was like, oh, my God, like, what? Like, I like, I think I want sex, you know? Yeah. It's like you smoke weed for the first time, and you're like, I want to be fucked up out of my mind all the time. You're 14? Like, uh, nah, uh, this is probably, like, a couple Fifth, years yeah. after. So up to, like, from there, like, I smoked pot for the first time when I was 15, I, yeah, think, I think. I was about and, like, 15 or 16. Yeah, and then it was like, you know, it was all downhill from there. Thailand kept you pure. Yeah, yeah, it kept me pure. And then all I remember is the food. Dude, our school cafeteria, I went to a Catholic school there, and our school cafeteria had, like, a noodle bar and, like, Damn. all this Thai food. Like, amazing Thai food. And, like, for there, it was, like, fine. It was right. mediocre, but it was, it was really good. And then I used to complain about it. And then Why? Because what did you want? Because I wanted, like, uh, yeah, whatever, McDonald's. Yeah, I wanted old El Paso <laughs> tacos. But I loved noodles as a kid. I yeah. loved Thai food as a kid. But, you know, you would complain about it because you always complain about what yeah, you get, right? Yeah, it's the same thing all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then I came to America and saw that in America, people literally feed the children in public school shit. They it's feed like them trash. actual trash. Yeah. Like, the worst possible thing, it goes to feed prisons. And public school mm -hmm. students. That's where the worst food in America goes. Yeah. It's so insane to me. They're like, oh, wait, what's wrong with our country? What, what happened to the youth? You're literally feeding them like old newspaper. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, of course. It's so bad. I remember there's only one thing I used to like at school because I went to public school up until about sixth grade. And they had uh, a thing called the Italian Dunker. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian Dunker was the one day I would not. Bring a sack lunch. They're like, Mom, don't, I don't need a lunch today. It's Italian Dunker. The Italian Dunker was a fucking, 
big like trash piece, a big wide trash piece of French, quote unquote French bread. Uh huh. I think it was maybe garlic bread, and yeah. it had a, a bunch of cheese on it, like probably you know the worst cheese available. Yeah. It was melted on it, and it came with a side of sort of like a marinara <laughs> meat sauce, like a bolognese, <laughs> and that it was called an Italian dunker because you would dunk that bread into the into the marinara. Oh my god, that's the worst. But it was so good. The it was Italian so fucking dunker. good. And just the name of it too, the Italian dunker. <laughs> the Italian dunker. Oh, we're having that Italian like, dunker today. That's that like the name of like the one Italian basketball player in the NBA. <laughs> that he's like, and hey, there he is, folks. Luigi Caravaggio. Here he comes. It's so great. The Italian dunker. Yeah, the Italian dunker. Here God, he is. Taking I haven't thought team. about the Italian dunker in a long time. Dude, that is the funniest the shit. Italian the Italian dunker. The Italian dunker. I remember That's Minnesota. That's Minnesota shit. And I, so I, I went to public school in New York and Massachusetts and mm. New Jersey, right? And I public remember high school or like probably like middle school and high school. Middle school and high yeah. school, eighth to twelfth grade. And I, I remember that you know how there's always one kid who's really excited about lunch all the yeah. time at school, and he's like, "Oh man, it's Rotini today." <laughs> His name's Corey. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's a kid yeah. named Corey. I just remember he was like, ooh, we're having tacos today. And I was new at that school, and I pictured the old El Paso right? tacos. And this is the East Coast. We didn't really have – tacos were not super ubiquitous. I was like, we weren't, like, didn't really have like Mexican food or tacos, right? But old El Paso taco kit, that's probably not that far off from a, a school lunch. We used to have tacos. Yeah. And it so, was, that's what it was. It was like fucking shit meat, oh, yeah. shit cheese, and then some shit lettuce that smelled like a fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that was the thing yeah. is that the shell was the same. Right. But everything else, like the meat was just this fucking slop. It yeah. was so wet and gross. Man, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I remember my mom, when I first came, I was like in eighth grade in Long Island. I was going to middle school. From Thailand to Long Island, which is quite a shock. My mom would make me like a roti roll, right? Ooh, that's like, so good. Oh, it was so good. Jesus but Christ. I would take it to school for lunch and I would open up my roti roll <laughs> and the other kids would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right? And I was like, mom, stop making me the roti roll. And you know what? I would literally kill you for one roti roll right oh, now. Oh, man. And I used to say, mom, don't make me yeah. the roti roll. The best thing in the world. It's so funny how perspective changes with that kind of stuff. Significantly. Yeah. What's in a roti roll? So it would be like some chicken, mm -hmm. like some curried chicken or something like that, and then some achar, which is like a Indian pickle, a South Asian pickle. Damn, what is that, like a it's, collard? It's a pickled, pickled so green, right? You can make achar out of anything. It literally just means pickle. So it's like, you know, you can make carrot achar yeah. or lime achar or mango achar or Man. garlic achar or anything. What you would your mom usually make it out of? Uh, you'd usually do the lemon one right? and the mango one. Wow. So that oh, would go man. with the curry chicken, and that would be like in like a like a flatbread that had been <clears throat> grilled, I guess, sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, totally. That's that's. Because I've had some Caribbean roti, which is pretty similar. Same thing. I don't know how that happened. So basically, you know about this? yeah, I okay. know a little bit about how this happened. <clears throat> so essentially, like, uh, they brought slaves from Africa and from uh, India. Oh, right? at the same time. And from South India, okay. at, yeah, at the same time. And they literally, so you know how, like, uh, in the Caribbean, we associate, like, the local culture with being, like, super, like, weedy and, like, yeah, yeah. man. So 
Basically, the way that that happened is that some Indian slaves, right, from India, which is the birthplace of weed, and right. like, they've been smoking weed and eating it forever. Yeah. Um, bang. Yeah, yeah, bang. <laughs> exactly. So they, like, some guy brought weed hemp seeds in his pocket. Right. And he brought them to this new tropical location, planted them, and boom, you got weed. Wow. And suddenly there's weed in the Caribbean. Because cannabis is not indigenous to the it's Americas. Not at all, no. No, in the Americas you have San Pedro and peyote and mm-hmm. you have uh, Amanita mushrooms. You have all this different, you know, very rich no uh, pharmacopoeia, but no cannabis. Yeah, it's the same with a lot of uh, plants too. Like the same with uh, um, a lot of herbs. There's definitely, I know that uh, capsaicin, any type of pepper, hmm. none of those. Is are, in the Americas, right? Yeah. Those were brought over. Same with tomatoes and there's a ton of really? stuff that was brought from India. No shit. I think so. Because you think about like Caribbean food. There's a lot of Caribbean food. I guess I didn't realize it. That's very much. It's so close. Like Jamaican food is so much like Indian food in a certain sense. Yeah, curries, yeah. like roti, goat, like you know. I never thought about that. I was wondered. I mean, I knew that it had something to do with the slave trade, but I didn't realize it was because it was happening at the same time. Because it seems like. Hey, it's too far Doug. Away. Oh, hey, shit. Doug oh, I didn't you're coming here. Whoa, podcast Whoa. inception. We should do a, a crossover. Should we? I can't hear Doug. Yeah. Doug can talk right now. So I think this is Man. not actually. I think Doug talking, though, doesn't come through. Oh, we can't hear. We can only hear that in transcribe the transcribe. What Doug okay. said was. What Doug's. What Doug said was, um, he's coming to the same place, thought it was cool, and there we go. That's pretty great. There's, wow! there's Brent Weinbach. Brent Weinbach is performing at uh, the next shit show. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, Talk about right. the shit show real quick. So, w- when does this episode of the podcast come out? It'll probably come out pretty soon. Yeah? Yeah. So basically, this next shit show, we have a super secret headliner. Mm. I'm not supposed to say. This is a comedy show. Yeah, this is a comedy show. A live comedy show. What What's the date? Just so people know. Oh yeah, it's June sixth. Yeah, it's June sixth, and then 6th. subsequently the first Wednesday of every month for the rest of the year. Looks like, uh, God willing, and it's a comedy show with me and my <laughs> buddy Josh, and it's had such illustrious headliners as Johnny Pemberton. Yes. And that's pretty much it. Now, Doug Pound. Doug Pound. We had Paul Downs on it. Mm-hmm. We had, um, who else is headline? Byron Bowers headline one as well. So, so. you, uh, that's cool. Yeah, we've had some good people. And this next one, the guy who's headlining it, <laughs> he is a famous comedian. He's on a late night television. Got it. You know what? That, that that should be enough. People should be able to go through in their mind, be like, "Oh, he's on late night television." Which guy's on late night television? Is he a would weed probably... guy? Um, he's not a weed guy per se. I wouldn't say outwardly, but he was on my weed show. Got it. At one point, okay. And he weeded on that show. So this weed show you're talking about is what? <clears throat> uh, I... The weed show I did was Bong Appetit. Bong Appetit. That was for Vice, Land. right? Yeah. When did you get super into that? Uh, culture, because obviously that's mm. something that's that's big part of your life. Big part of my life yeah. for sure. I've definitely always been a weed guy. Like right. you know, I've loved weed since I was you know pretty young, and always been like, yeah, let's smoke weed. And I'm like, uh-huh. you know, I'm like whatever the Slater from uh, 
uh, dazed and confused or whatever, whatever that guy's name was. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I was always super enthusiastic about weed. And then I was writing about music and stuff. And when I was at Vice, I, I wrote this, uh, article called, I just want my big bag of weed back. Mm -hmm. And it was about how I had moved from Manhattan to Brooklyn and I lost a half ounce of weed in the process. Yeah. And it was, I was like, Oh no. Like I was really upset about it. And, uh, basically I, uh, Wrote that thing and like you know they published it and you got probably got a lot of weed. Yeah, well you know what? Subsequently in the years that followed, I did. I got a lot of like mail about it and stuff, and then um, you know it like uh, they they asked me to make it a column, so I just started doing that every week. What what and... were doing every, what every week writing writing about how you lost weed? So basically, <laughs> so that's how weed it gets started, yeah. right? And in, initially, it, the first like two like uh entries to it were about like etiquette around weed it was okay. like hey if you're gonna smoke a bowl with me then you know don't just burn the whole top of the thing or like always pass the left but then that got stale like literally after two because there's, so, so, there's, there's not a whole lot <clears throat> there's not a whole lot yeah. i mean i guess you could get into the minutiae if you really wanted but there's yeah. not a whole lot that's interesting so i started writing just stories about my life that mm -hmm. involved weed right and one that I wrote, I think it was like an early one, uh, was about how at Thanksgiving one year I, I smoked out my aunt. Uh -huh. And she got really, really high and was having fun and then suddenly thought like she was having a heart attack. Oh, fuck. And then went and like told like my mom and then she called 911. And it was like a whole, it was a whole disaster. So you got in trouble. I didn't actually get in trouble. You didn't? How? Uh, like, I mean, the, the paramedics just showed up and, like, they They're were like, like, let's keep this on the low or whatever. Well, and who then, said to keep on low? The paramedics? Uh, my, my mom. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and the, the paramedics showed up and they were like, have you been drinking or taking any drugs? And she was like, no, no, whatever. It's okay. We're all good. And then they oh, left eventually. God. But yeah, it was like a whole, it was a whole fucking That's shit funny. show. funny. But yeah, so I wrote a story about it mm -hmm. and it was for Thanksgiving and it did really well. So then I just started doing that. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, I mean, I wrote a hundred different column entries for that. And in the meantime, I was writing, you know, other articles for about music and stuff, which yeah. is still my main gig. Um, but yeah, you know, the column was really good at times. And then at other times, like, you know, th they kept switching my editors. Uh -huh. And for a little while, I had like a really shitty editor on it. Uh, who just, like, made it suck. You know what I mean? And it's, I was, like, reading through some old ones recently, and I was like, oh, man, some of these are, like, could have been so good, but, you know, and then a lot of them, I was the lazy party on a lot of them, because, yeah. shit, I was literally wrote a hundred of these articles over two years, almost every single week. It's really one. hard to be, yeah. to do anything you know, weekly, like this podcast, for example. It's hard to, it's yeah. hard to, like, keep focused on something or anything, anything you do regularly. It's yeah. hard to make it fresh after 20, 20 times. Yeah. How many of these have you done? Oh, I mean, this podcast, I've probably done 130. Holy shit. That's but a lot. I think lot. I've done a total of almost 400 podcasts, maybe, maybe 350, something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, total shit. number of episodes? That's a lot. I think so. In my life, yeah. in my life, I've done a significant number of podcasts. So That's a lot. I don't even know anymore. And I also used to do radio, so for me it was like right. it made sense. The podcast is it just feels easy. It feels like feels very comfortable. Yeah, very yeah, comfortable yeah. Medium. Yeah, no, I really like it. So yeah, and speaking of which, nice right. segue into what I'm going to plug. But my my podcast, Great Moments in Weed History, which I do with uh, David Bienenstock, who's uh -huh. a buddy of mine, that we just 
scheduled our recording for season two. Nice. So that shit's coming. And when you say season two, how does that work? How many do you do for one season? So we do 12 for a season. Got it. And basically each one is like the story of something crazy that happened, you know, in, in weed history that a lot of people don't know about. It's crazy that like no one's really chronicled this specifically because, you know, weed still has like a little bit of a goof factor, I guess, in yeah. the media world. But like, for example, uh, one of the episodes we do is about how uh, Bob Dylan was the guy to smoke out the Beatles for the first time. Wow. And that's what sort of launched them into their whole psychedelic phase. That's interesting. He was yeah. the gateway drug. Yeah, yeah. He was the gateway drug. Yeah. It happened at the Delmonico Hotel in uh, in, in New York, uh-huh. right? And basically the Beatles were like super skeptical. Like they were used to doing speed yeah. and drinking a lot because they right. would tour and party and whatever. And Bob Dylan was like, you got to try this shit. Mm-hmm. And they were skeptical, so they had Ringo smoke it <laughs> first. Have the drummer try it. Yeah. He's got a thick skull. Yeah, right? And it, they literally have always shat on Ringo, and this was one mm-hmm. of the times. But as I pointed out on, on that episode, for that fleeting moment, right, Ringo Starr was the coolest Beatle. Yeah. For just, like, a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, then George Harrison quickly picked it back up. Oh, yeah, and he was like, pop, 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 pop. Oh, the Maharishi, hello. Yeah, and he's like, All I'm right. the coolest guy forever Every, now. Like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun so, show. So, I yeah, checked it out. Oh, well, no shit. I awesome. guess what I wanted to ask you, though, is about, so you've been smoking weed regularly for a long time, and it's been, like, a big part of your life. Yeah. Was there ever anything where... It was like a, enough friction to where you thought you had to stop or you got in like a like a lot of trouble or something like that where it was like, oh, God, this is this is because obviously weed has not been the way it is right now for like it's so yeah. accepted and, so, and fully legal here in California. Yeah, and man. On, on a ton of other states. It's very it's definitely not the prison sentence it used to be. Like when I was growing yeah. up when my friend Steve would get caught, he was in. He got caught so much they stopped caring, but right. initially it was like, oh, they found his lighter, and it was like a big deal, you know? Oh, man. See, yeah, it is. I got to say, it's surreal. Like, my experience of it is surreal. So, like, so you and I were just up in Humble, right. and we did some comedy, and we did some dispensary appearances. Dude, I was gifted so much fucking weed. I mean, th- there's probably, like, a quarter pound of flowers, and I don't know, like, so many jars of concentrate, cartridges, like pre-rolls, it's edibles. It's too much. <clears throat> it's so much. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like certainly not too much. It's all getting consumed. Okay. But, you know, and I donate a lot of it, too. Yeah. It's like literally like when I'm getting to on children. and off the highway. <laughs> What's that yet to children? The children that I see wandering the streets. Yeah. Here you go. Don't, don't buy weed. Here, take some of mine. Yeah, here. It's okay. You're too young to buy it at the dispensary. Here, I'll just give you some. And then, some yeah, these. you're good. But yeah, no, when I'm getting on and off the highway, you know how there's always a homeless guy, yeah. like, you know, like uh, with a sign or whatever? I always give them weed. Oh, really? Because I'm like, yeah, this is much more valuable to yeah. them. You know, I get it for free. So, you know, why the fuck not? Um, but yeah, like the degree to which, okay, so I used to feel like weed's really precious, right? Uh-huh. Um, for the longest time, I was like, oh, like, you know, this is the most valuable thing to me. Right. I wouldn't spend that much money on fucking anything, like spending like $60 on, on an eighth of weed. You know, mm-hmm. it's like... It's expensive. It's expensive, you know? And I would like sparingly smoke it and keep it very secure. And, you know, it was like for the longest time. And then, uh, you know, for many years, right? And then yeah. as as an adult... In my late 20s, I started doing weed media, 
And I remember going to Colorado and they gave me like a cannabis cup judges box. And it was just filled with all these different amazing strains of weed. And I smoked as much as I could. And then I gave a lot of it away. And then I left and I went back to New York. And I was like, man, this is so crazy. I'm here scrounging this weed. Mm-hmm. And I just left all that good weed behind. And then when I started doing the show and I, I moved to California, people were giving me so much weed that it weirdly has like lost its value to me in some yeah, way. It just know? doesn't have this. It's not the same. There's so much of it. Yeah. It's not really that valuable. Yeah. And it's made me reconsider the value of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even, you know, like, after that, I did a show about sneakers, mm-hmm. right? And that was the other thing that I valued so much for years. And in, like, the first episode, they bought me a pair of fucking Cactus Jack Jordans, which are, like, $1,000. And, like, I have those sneakers now. And I was like, wow, like, nothing value is meaningless. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, pretty funny how that, how we attach stuff to it, stuff like that, just because... It just feels rare when actually it's, it's like a goal and then you get it. Like, I got this, but I feel the same as I did before. Mm -hmm. So obviously the thing I wanted is not the thing I want. Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It really is enough to make you stop giving a shit about anything. You know what I mean? Which is a pretty liberating thing. Like even when I think about it, my whole life I was like, oh man, I want to do what I love and make money doing it and like make a lot of money doing Mm -hmm. it. And now I'm like, well, it definitely, it still bothers me sometimes where you're like, I should be making more money, right? Whatever. Yeah. Like, you can't help that. But for the most part, I'm like, oh, I don't really give a shit that much. You know what I mean? I enjoy yeah. day-to-day life regardless. It seems like the people who make the most money are people either who have no time to spend that money or no real interest in spending that money, mm-hmm. or they're people who take the money that they make and they reinvest it almost immediately. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because a lot there's like so much stuff. Like the first time I had a real job, I was like, "Holy shit! I don't, I don't spend any money." I was like, right. I, realized, like, "I used to be really into buying records." Then when I started making a little bit of money. I lived in a, a one bedroom apartment with two other guys, so I paid almost no rent. Right. I had so much extra money. It's like I can't buy enough records to listen to. Right. With the money I have, because I'm so used to. A one-bedroom apartment with two other guys? Yeah. This is, that's a classic L.A. thing, though. I, mean, I know tons of people who, when they first moved here, they shared, like, a very—I know people who've slept—six people who lived in a two-bedroom. Holy shit. Did they yeah. work at a 7-Eleven around the corner? Because that sounds like Pakistanis in, like, That's weird, America. though, because this place was literally across the street from a 7-Eleven on Hollywood Boulevard. No shit. And yeah. none of you guys worked there? No. No. <laughs> I used to work at Fox. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and this was only for six months, but it was like... It was your start, Yeah, huh? and I, I made like no... I made... A, I don't even know how much I spent. I probably spent like $200 a month in rent. Wow, that's Maybe crazy. Maybe something like that. I was making a lot more than that every week. So you could stack it up. Yeah, I just had, I had no expenses. Dude, that's just, smart, man. Yeah, it's just crazy, though, how... Just things that seem so expensive, if you make just a little bit of money... Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't have. I don't want to. If you don't want to buy a yacht or a sports car, mm-hmm. you probably have cheap taste. Yeah. <laughs> like right. You can get by with not a whole lot of money. Seriously, dude. It's like yeah. I, I like I, I've never trapped myself into like the tastes that would require like stupid amounts of money to maintain. Yeah. You know? It's such a tra- it is such a trap. It's a thing where you've created this problem that you have to constantly solve by mm-hmm. doing things for money that you necessarily wouldn't want to do. Yeah, people do it all the time, man. Yeah. This is that's like the weirdly that's like a big chunk of the American dream is uh-huh. like 
you know, getting in over your head. And like, <laughs> what a dream. Yeah, marrying someone and having a bunch of kids and then maintain, like having to maintain a certain lifestyle for them. Like, yeah. that's like, uh, that's a crazy thing. You know, it's like, if you just, uh, if you just calibrate that shit yourself, you realize it's like nothing has any value. And yeah. actually the baseline of existence in the world today can be pretty fucking good. Yeah, especially in, I mean, outside of this country, America is so rich, we just forget how we're so fucking wealthy. Oh, yeah. Even people who aren't wealthier. The richest people in the world. Oh, they're so wealthy compared to other countries and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Was that weird for you? Was, was that a bigger culture shock moving from Thailand to America? That must have been. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, like when I was growing up, like probably around the time I was 10, Thailand started experiencing like a big economic boom, right? From what exactly? <clears throat> From manufacturing, I guess, really? or any number of things. It was like a big, like a lot of like Asian, you know, cities, countries, whatever were coming up at the time. And Thailand was coming up. And, uh, you know, now like you see mad shit's made yeah. in Thailand. I feel it was like the real big boom of that. Um, and, you know, the kids I went to school with suddenly were like, you know, they were like, their family suddenly had money. So mm -hmm. it's like suddenly every kid had like Jordans and oh, shit like really? that. Okay. Yeah, so it was a crazy thing. And then also at this very same time, though, on the way to school and just around, if I went to Pakistan over the summer or whatever, it's like, you know, my family was like, like relatively well off in Pakistan. But, you know, you go outside and you see yeah. like such abject poverty that it'll like the way I always like say it, you know, and that's a joke and kind of not a joke is like in America, you know, you see a guy on the street with no shoes in Pakistan, you see a guy on the street with no feet. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's like it's that much fucking worse, and it's like you see that stuff, and it really is shocking. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know that I came to America, and you know I went through whatever my own shit. I'm not like you know I'm not above getting depressed or something like that. But very often, you know, um, when I if I feel bummed out, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sitting on the side of the fucking road in Pakistan somewhere, like, yeah. trying to sell crackers or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's people, like, I've, with my own eyes, seen people with almost, like, you know, my exact same genetics, you know, just, like, in the worst fucking possible situation. Yeah, it's heavy. You see that stuff. Like, I've seen it a couple times, and I think I saw it a little bit in, um, well, South Africa, I saw a bunch of it, but mm. kind of from afar, because you can't really go... That close to some of that stuff because it's it's truly very very dangerous. Just oh yeah, where areas. in South Africa were you? In Cape Town. No shit, Cape Town yeah. is like wild with that. What were you doing down there? I was making a movie. It was like two years ago. Oh, what so, movie? It's a movie called Action Point. Oh no yeah. shit, I don't think I saw it. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it's true. When I see people here, you know, in America, uh, in New York or in L.A. or whatever, and they're like. Oh, you know, I'm so depressed, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, if if I ever am, am in a position to chime in with that, I'm like, you should fucking count your blessings because, you know, like, legit. You know, like, we were talking about the weather earlier, and it's, mm -hmm. like, cloudy, and we could look at that and be like, oh, cloudy weather makes me depressed. Or we could be like, we live in L.A. You barely ever get cloudy days. It's here. awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. It's time you know to go to I mean? the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sit there, flap around, flap into there. <laughs> Flapping. With your flappy dogs. Yeah. And get a flappy pint. I want to be an old flappy British guy, I think. Just have a lot of flaps. Dude, going. you can so pull that off. Some, yeah, I think I'll be able to pull it off eventually. I need to get like a big coat. Yeah. Like a big... I don't know what you're talking about. It's London fog. I, a big London fog coat. And I have to... 
Ah, oh, the dogs. <laughs> and the dogs have to like be all drooly and slobbery. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe have a pipe? Yeah, have maybe a, a pipe, pipe and a mahogany chair. Yeah, like, like a messy hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some stains on my shirt, but I'm really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> oh, hello, yes, welcome, hello, welcome, yes. Oh, makeup. So, you know, this is what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just think about tea. Yeah. What I really want to know is I want to hear the fucking chai recipe. Oh, I want to hear some boy. I want to play some good music and All put right, some here we chi- go. What music would be good to play with the chai recipe? Uh, hmm, some background music. What would be good? I want I mean, I, Bach is is obvious, but that's like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's do some Bach. Or some Ravi Shankar, like some Ravi Shankar yeah, is much yeah, better. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, this is going to yes. get fucking Ravi. This is, like, this is like Doug's yoga class bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see here. I got a nice long song. Ah, okie doke. Oh, yeah, we're getting in, yes. we're settling into the vibe here. You know? Really okay. uh, feeling it. So so now we're going to have a, uh, a recipe for homemade chai. Oh, yes. Ah, Johnny, welcome back, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me. Huh? It's quite good to be on your home, Abdullah. Oh, it's so good to see you, man. Like, I know I don't have much furniture, but, like, just sit on the floor, you know? Uh, actually, I quite like sitting on the floor. When I was in Burma for a bit of time, I picked up squatting, and I like it quite a bit. Uh. Yes, indeed. And please be sure to wash your hands, for we wouldn't want you to die of any infectious diseases that we have here. Absolutely, I've been to the cholera a few times and made it out chip chip. Oh yes, you Brits have a very strong resolve. Yes, we do. It comes from lowering our superiority over people and we do it over the germs as well. Yes, you've murdered most of my family to date, but I will still welcome you into my home. Well, I would never murder you. Oh, I know. Unless, of course, I have to. But I would never, no, with no intention, do I wish to murder you? No one's above it, but remember, <laughs> don't fuck with the guy making your chai. All right, don't fuck with the guy making my chai. Yes, you so might how? get a little, like, you know, South Asian pubic hair in there, you know, so, by accident. No, tell, tell me, how do you make this your chai? All right, so I'm going to drop the accent to the actual recipe. I don't know how long you keep that up. There, this is that, that's probably the only circumstance in which I would do the accent mm-hmm. is in this exact right. setting. That's it. But basically, here, all right, here's the recipe. So what I do is I boil water, right? Okay. And what I do is I slice ginger and I mash it to break all the fibers with the, like, flat end of a knife. Okay, like, I'll, like, like a piece of fresh it. ginger root. Free, fresh ginger root, okay. right? And then I boil that, right? How much ginger? So I would say that for like, for one cup of chai, that you want to use a disc that's about the size of a quarter and about like a half inch thick. Got it, okay. I would say, right? So you slice that and you mash it. Yeah, you slice that, you mash it. You throw it in the boiling water? You throw it into the boiling water and you let it simmer, right? And then- How much water are we talking about here? Like a quart? Yeah, what that means. I don't I, know what the court means. Like a I cup? do like a big. I do a big pot. So, so I'll do like whatever six cups, six cups or something, okay. and then just keep some of it on hand. Got right. It. 
Yeah, exactly. So you boil that ginger in the water. Boil that ginger, and then also in the water, you have to get fresh cardamom pods, right? Right, okay. Put them in a mortar and pestle, and then grind them up real good. So these, what color are these? Uh, they're green. Green, yeah, like a dark green? Dark green. And yeah. so how many cardamom pods? Or like a light green. But so I would say cardamom pods, about three to a cup. That's a very strong spice, right? It's, a, it's, yeah. a sp it's very, it has like a cold coolness yeah. to it, right? Okay. It's like menthol-y almost. So that, I would use about about three to a two or three to a cup, right? right? To, to one cup of water, one cup of chai. Then, and so cardamom, a lot of people will just break it and throw it in. You really got to mash cardamom. With the mortar. You gotta, yeah, you got to grind it because okay. th that flavor is not going to come out unless you really grind wow. it, right? Yeah. And then uh, cloves, right? Yes. Same thing. Grind them up pretty good. You know, those How many are, cloves would you say? I would say about one per cup. One per cup. Okay. Yeah. That's a so, strong one. Yeah. So, so far you've got about this one quarter size disc of ginger. Mm -hmm. You've got about three cardamom pods and you've got about one clove, right? Right. And then uh, black pepper. Okay. Right? So I would say about one peppercorn's worth per cup. Right. right? And you want to grind that pepper up and put it in there as well. Now, there's a couple other things that you could also put in there, like cinnamon, mm -hmm. right? I personally find the cinnamon a little bit too overpowering, wow. so I typically don't use the cinnamon. Got it. So we're talking just ginger, cardamom, cloves, and black pepper, right? right? So you boil that in that water for like a long time, right? And then... Like what? How long is a long time? So I would say you want to like simmer it for like an hour. Simmer? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know and what I then mean? Then boil it? Uh, oh, so it's never it, boiling. Yeah, it's, it never needs to really like be at a rolling boil or okay. anything. Although, once you're ready to pour your tea, you want to bring this up to a boil. Because right. you want it to be nice and boiling when you Got pour it, it right? Uh -huh. And then you take a cup, right? A mug. And you put a tea bag in it. Now, there's a lot of different tea bags. English breakfast tea is fine. PG tips. That's the best. That's the totally the that's colonist's the, choice. You know what I choice. mean? PG colonist's tips. choice. And we're stomping the, the underclass. We drink <laughs> PG tips. <laughs> Pyramid bags. This. So basically, a PG tips is great. Any English breakfast is, uh -huh. you know, like really good. There's a there's a brand called Taylors of Harrogate that makes like Ooh. really fancy English breakfast, which is really fucking good. Yeah. Um, and then also there's Chinese black tea. I love Chinese black tea. That's my so, favorite. Yeah. So that that's the shit. So basically, the British got black tea from the Chinese, yeah. right? And then brought it to India. Mm -hmm. So and that's how chai was born, apparently, right? Wow. Was that they was just like you know uh, adding masala to, yeah. to this thing and like. But the British perhaps innovated the milk thing. I'm, I'm not 100 percent right. sure. But uh, basically, that, you know, any type of really good black tea, the Chinese okay. stuff, the British stuff, the Indian stuff, whatever, right? So you make the tea separately? So, no, <clears throat> so basically, you use this masala water. Like, that's what you pour onto the tea. Okay, and then right? you let that steep with the tea bag for yes. another four or five minutes. Three minutes. I always, I always oversteep my tea. Yeah, so you know what? I go over as well. Yeah. Because I, I like it a little overbrewed. Yeah, yeah I too. like it strong. So it's like, you know, a lot of times you can look at the tea water and mm -hmm. tell if it's like at a certain darkness to be like, oh, that's ready. Right. But three and a half, four minutes if you want it strong. Okay. About two and a half, three if you want it real weak. At a minimum three, though. If you take it out before three, it just is watery right. and doesn't taste right, right? So. And then you have to let it steep, and then you got to put the milk in. And here's the trick. Don't use regular milk or mm -hmm. half and half or any of that noise. Use carnation, dehydrated milk. Not sweetened and condensed mm -hmm. milk. 
but carnation dehydrated milk. That's right. So how how do you put this in? It's like a powder. No, so it's a liquid. It's like a thick milk, right? Oh, okay, so it's like condensed, but it's not condensed. Yeah, and condensed milk, like you know that leche stuff, yeah, like right? Yeah, the Vietnamese coffee stuff. Yeah, like that's like thick and viscous. Yeah. Carnation is watery. It's okay. essentially the the viscosity of milk, right? Got it's just it. it's a little darker looking, right? So you, how much of that do you add typically? Just like so a, to taste. A, okay, to taste. I take it pretty light. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like as soon as my tea is past orange, mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. Got it. Right? So it's like sometimes you put a little bit of carnation, your tea still has this oranginess to it. I like to get it just out of the orange. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And then I use honey. I always yeah, use honey. Yeah, honey's the best. Yeah, brown sugar or honey, that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Typically, white sugar is still commonly used, okay. but white sugar tastes like shit to yeah, me. Yeah, it has like an astringent taste yeah. with the honey. So, honey, if I don't have honey in my tea, I almost can't drink it. Because yeah, the honey yeah, yeah. adds so much, it's weird how it adds so much character oh, yeah. to something. It's like it almost like makes a new thing mm-hmm. out of the two separate ingredients. It totally does, because yeah. honey is like smoky tasting, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And even if you just put a little bit in and it's not enough to sweeten it really it still adds so much because just from the smoky flavor right mm-hmm. and then you stir that beast up <laughs> and and you're ready to rock that's pretty much it timing is everything yeah. you know it's like you gotta boil that you know some people would take a slice a little piece of ginger and put it in the teacup and then pour the hot water over it but that's just not going to be enough not, time to yeah. infuse. You know what I mean? So sometimes you're saying simmer that those ingredients of spices, the masala spices, for an hour. Yeah, okay. at least. Cool. You can keep it going. Like There was times where I would like leave the pot on for like three hours, four wow. hours, and just doing stuff around the house. Do you do this every day? Yeah, I have chai every day. I had stopped for a little while because right. like I was like trying to cut out caffeine because of the headaches, you yeah. know? And then I cut it out for a little while. I really love chai. I mean, it's like my favorite yeah. beverage. I also love Coca-Cola, but that's a whole nother fucking story. Real <laughs> it's monkey on it's my a back. It's a kind of chai. Yeah, it's a kind of chai. You add milk to it, it's chai. Yeah. But basically, like a nice warm Coca-Cola. <laughs> Just boil Coca-Cola into oh, spices. Yes, a hot Coke for uh, me, please. Nice, frothy. But yeah, so basically, I, my whole family drinks chai. Right. They do not really, on a day-to-day basis, go to the pains of making masala chai every day. Right. But, like, I remember my mom made me, like, uh, cardamom and ginger. Mm-hmm. At a baseline, if I'm going to make masala chai, the two things that I need is ginger and cardamom. If it's just ginger, that's fine. Sometimes you're in, like, an Airbnb, and the right. only thing they have is, like, a ginger thing that's sitting there. Wow. Cardamom is not always that easy to yeah, find. Yeah, cardamom is usually not in an Airbnb. Yeah, not in an Airbnb. Well, so you bake... So how Every morning you'll do all this process? If yeah, you so have time? Usually, like, I'll have my chai around, mm-hmm. like, after lunch. After lunch, Yeah, okay. yeah, usually. Like, in the morning... I'm not a big caffeine person. Okay. So yeah. it's like I, I've never been a big coffee drinker right. when I was younger, like high school, early college for so the time. So what about like what would you have if you had to, if you didn't have time to do this whole process you just talked about? Would yeah. you ever do like a, a tea bag of chai or anything like that? So I, I'm not crazy about the tea bag okay. of chai. I, I, I always feel like the, the way the, you said that just now <laughs> felt like 
you were being very reserved. Like, <laughs> you want to say, fuck that! Yeah, like, I wanted to be like, um, I actually, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, uh, I definitely <laughs> tucked away some hatred for, for pre-made oh tie But there's something, so there's a brand called Tetley that right? makes like, Tetley, you know. their English company, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they make tea bags with Elachi in them, which Elachi is cardamom, right? Oh, okay. So that's the that's the Hindi word for cardamom. Elachi. Yeah, Elachi. Oh. So basically, they, uh, like, you know, they market that stuff in India, and they'll yeah. be like, oh, this is like with ginger, with cardamom. Cardamom, but it never tastes right. It wow. never ever tastes right because if you think about it, cardamom is expensive. Yeah. So they're probably you know cutting it down and mm -hmm. adding some other shit in there, uh, and it's never quite right. Like I've never there's I've I've been to a couple of like you know like a hipstery coffee shop where they'll be like they make really good chai. Wow. And it's like you know I'm like okay, but it's never quite as good as if I make it myself. That's so interesting. I just didn't. I never I never knew that. I've always liked. The flavor of chai. I'm so excited to make this at home. Oh yeah, because it's gonna, gonna love be it. so good. It's gonna be a problem though, because now I'm gonna establish this ritual of something that takes a st amount of time. It takes a little time. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it is. You know, if you pre-make the water, it becomes really quick. Because imagine this: once you pre-make the water, literally, you mean, like, you mean soak and boil all that stuff. Yeah. And okay. then, so what I do with the, the remaining water is I pour it into a Tupperware with the ginger and all the right. shit in it. And then I let that sit in the fridge. So I, you could theoretically make, you could triple up, quadruple up this amount mm -hmm. and make a large amount of pot of chai to have for the next couple of days. Precisely. So, okay. and actually what I would do is just keep the water mm -hmm. and then just boil the water, pour it over the thing, three minutes, carnation, wow. honey, you're done. That's nice and quick. That sounds so, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have brought you a little set of the spices this time. Oops, sorry. I should have brought you a little set of the spices yeah. this time. It totally didn't occur to me. I was on my way out of the I'll house. I'll pick them but. up. There's a, I found some Indian market way up in North Hollywood, really high up, because they have um, uh, raw peanuts. Ah, like like oh, yeah, peanuts. with the skins on. Yeah. Well, with the, yeah. Whole, the whole shell and everything. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so you can, they have those there. They also have, you know, PG tips. They probably have yeah. everything. They've got everything. Yeah. And remember, whole heart, whole cardamom pods, cloves, ginger. I'm gonna buy a new mortar. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it, dude. If you go on Amazon, you can get a really good mortar and pestle for like seven dollars. Yeah. yeah. Everything's the same now. You can get everything for everything now. Yeah, exactly. Let's close off the podcast Let's here. Let's do it. God, I'm just so addicted to doing that. I feel like it's like a, it's a weird thing. I always want to harmonize with the tone. Who should we call? I don't know what should we call. We should, say, we should just say goodbye to someone. We'll just call Applebee's back again. Just yeah, let's we do decided, it. We'll just tell her we decided not to order. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Abdullah. Oh, dude, it's been a real pleasure, man. Uh, I loved it. Damn. Vanessa, now featuring online ordering. It's the Micah speaking. How may I help you? Um, we spoke with someone. Uh, this is uh, Michael J. and Kevin calling back. We spoke Hello. with someone. Hey, it's my, that's Michael J. in the background. Uh, okay. We spoke with someone earlier. It was a woman. Do you know who that would have been? Um, Very I'm professional. Not sure. Six. I just got here. I'm so sorry. At 4:30. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you know? No who you cheese. Were... No uh, Jack Daniels. No bourbon. Yes, those are what we were looking for, and we, we, f we figured it out, but we figured out we just don't need anything, what we need. Wait, what was that? We figured out that we don't need anything, because we just took a page from that book and took a beat on it for a minute. We took a beat and stuck a, took a step back and realized that Michael J. is good. I'm good. He's good. All I'm right. good. 
But so we just want to let you know because we talked to her for a while and she was very professional. We didn't want to have a, uh, you know, what's it called? You ever, ever heard of a loose end? I have not. Okay, a loose end is like. Who hasn't heard of a loose? Yeah, uh, a loose end is like when um. You ever heard of the expression tying up a loose end? Not really. Okay, it's like wait. A, let's wait, say. Wait, you're telling me you've never heard the expression tying up loose ends? No, ma'am. I'm quite young. I'm sorry. M- ma'am. I'm I'm just sorry. I'm so surprised. He's, uh, You're okay. It's, um, it's Michael J. He's a little bit. He's reeling right now. This guy's um, like. This guy's tying up loose ends is when, let's say you did something. Let's say you hit someone with your car and someone saw it, and you'd have to go take care of them, make sure they didn't talk. That would be tying up a loose end. Or yeah. or like um, say uh, you, you know like say. I'm- so you, you, you went and I'm like so, so if you left you or is it say like you left your window open at home you know that's like a simple loose end that's a that's like a smaller loose end that you know th- that you would be tying up you know what i'm saying i mean you know what i'm saying that's probably happened to you before so. you have to close you going home to close the window would be tying up so that what are you guys end. trying to... well wh- i'm sorry i'm just lost at what you guys are trying to say. look we're calling back because we spoke with someone who's um helped us out because we were trying to make an order, but we realized that we can't order anything because we don't have the protocol in place because of the loose end. We're, yeah. just to- we're, tying- we're tying up a loose end here. We're- okay. It's a loose cool. end of politeness, though. Does that make gotcha. sense? Thank you. I okay. appreciate Yeah, no, wait. Hold on one second, though. Hold there's, one second. A- there's a couple other things that, uh, th- that you know, that we could be served as examples. Right. I, uh, do, do, do you know, you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, no, it's really yeah. important. I mean, it's actually it's, it's pretty critical you know that that we at least tie up this loose end yeah. of explaining to you what the expression means, right? Because it is um, in itself is a loose end. Like I, I'm sure I'm, you see what I mean. Yeah. What, what Michael J is explaining. I have work to do. So. Yeah, yeah, but but okay. this is as soon as we I'm wrap sorry, this up. I, I really just don't have time to listen to the example. I'm sorry. So what well, you're saying is you have some loose ends to tie up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Have good luck. Day. Good luck. You Great. Too. Have a good one. We could have kept that guy on for the rest of the night. <laughs> that was good. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks so much for having me, dude. Podcast Network.